satanic cults, what appear to be highly secretive groups committing criminal acts, including murder. Here at the neighborhood videotape store, take a look at the number of movies that involve Satanism. Most were popular films in their day, but even today, if one is inclined to believe in Satanism, it's a way to actually see the devil and perhaps be inspired. It wasn't that a demon jumped out of the TV and grabbed me by the face and drug me down the road and forced me to join the Church of Satan. It was just that there were certain things in this program that piqued my interest, and then I decided to study more on my own. If the devil has PR, then it is, you know, cinema. Parents always worry about their kids, how they're doing in school, who they're hanging out with, are they experimenting with drugs or alcohol. Well in the 80s, parents' biggest fear was satanic cults. Yep, apparently during the Reagan era, the devil was working overtime to snag the souls of American children. Today on Slums of Film History, we'll be looking at the films that dealt with, influenced, and of course exploited that bizarre time in American history. It's Satanic Panic, here on Slums of Film History. Slums of Film History, a lowbrow look into the high art of cinema. Every episode is an in-depth look into a niche topic of film that is not normally discussed in Palais Company. I'm Slate. And I'm Tom. And each week one of us researches our respective topic, writes an episode, and schools the other. We discuss everything from Satanists to avenging hookers to castration. If there's a film subject too taboo, we haven't found it yet. Welcome. Hey, Slate. Hey, Tom. How the hell are you? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm excited about Satan. It's uh, damn good to be here. I love a good Satan story. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, hopefully this will meet that requirement. Yeah, I'm excited about it, too, because most of this takes place in the 80s, of mm-hmm. course, which is great. And yep. it deals with, you know, Satan. Of course, uh-huh. everybody likes talking yeah, about Satan. Really got and it deals with devil music, too, a little I bit. I love that. I love that as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, did you have anything to say before we got started? Yeah, the only thing that I was thinking is that, so we kind of reworked our website a little bit for season two. So if you haven't taken a look at it, go go take a look. You know, we always try to tell you to go follow us on Facebook and Twitter, which you should, but the website really holds most of the information and kind of like our notes, movies that you can watch, kind of, you know, pictures if you need to see stuff. And I I hear that you have a visual aid for this. So maybe I we'll... do. It will be on the website uh-huh. and I'm going to show it to you during the, this episode. Yeah. But all the content that we deal with in these episodes are on the site. So yeah, it's worth it's checking a nice out. companion piece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So all right. give it a shot. But anyway, on to the episode. Mm-hmm. So let me just say, I blame all of this on the 70s. Mm-hmm. Seriously. Well, a little bit in the 60s, too, but it's the 70s fault. Yep. Because every memorable movie, horror movie in the 70s is about Satan. It's true. It's every true. Every single fucking one. Yep. 
And I'm going to start it with Rosemary's Baby from mm. 1968. My favorite movie of all time. It's a great movie. We talked about it extensively during Bad Babies, but for those of you who don't know what the movie's about, watch the fucking movie. You should so come good. back to this podcast yeah. after you watch Rosemary's Baby. Yeah. And we'll be here waiting for you. But Rosemary's Baby stars Mia Farrow, and she is this young wife, and she and her husband move into an apartment building, and there's a bunch of neighbors that are really friendly or whatever. And one of her elderly neighbors, Ruth Gordon, who won an Oscar for this performance, and it's a great performance, befriends her. And before long, there's a lot of weird occurrences that happen. Mia Farrow ends up getting knocked up, but there's some weird things that are going on with it. Physically, she's going through these weird changes, and she has these weird cravings and all this other stuff. And then you find out at the end, spoiler, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. That her child is the child of Satan, mm-hmm. that she was drugged and I guess um, raped by Satan. And yep. now her kid is Satan. And the residents of the apartment complex, they're all Satanists. And, you know, they're all like conspiring to bring the son of Satan into the world. And I think Rosemary's Baby, and you'll agree with me, is the best representation of this whole underground Satanist movement. Mainly because it's a bunch of elderly old people that are really nice. They're like, hey, right. hail Satan. Right. Uh, I think one of the really interesting things about the movie too is it focuses so much around paranoia and that you're kind of led to believe that she's being this paranoid person that everything she sees she's trying to connect these dots you know and it's it's such a paranoia film and i think that that's probably a lot of what you're going to talk about today is kind of how that paranoia kind of resonated with everybody that saw the movie yeah and that's definitely one side of it and i would also say once the other side of it is is how it deals with this underlying menace you know when you meet all the elderly people they're very nice yeah you know but underneath all that it's Satanist and I think that that whole thing comes out where there's this underground right below the surface evil that's lurking everywhere and Rosemary's Baby did a very good job at having that come out out of the mundane everyday setting yeah Uh, another movie that dealt with this is also from 1968 it's called The Devil Rides Out and stars Christopher Lee as a man who becomes convinced that the son of an old friend is mixed up with the occult Mm -hmm. Christopher Lee goes to rescue this guy from this cult Mm -hmm. and when he does he realizes that he disrupted a satanic ceremony where Satan was actually actually attending oops so this is yeah, big supernatural harm that when i have a party faux pas and satan's there but these were at the end of the 60s i'd say the first and one of the best ones of the actual 70s is the exorcist yeah again that's another movie where it was such a mundane setting it was in georgetown and dc it was in this white bread like you know whatever yeah and then there's some paranoia and some stuff there too because you know for the longest time you, you couldn't tell and the, the mom didn't know if it was psychosomatic if the girl's crazy right and then finally realized that she was possessed by pazuzu uh, right our <laughs> a demon friend. or whatever Pazuzu. Another movie in the 70s mm-hmm. that was a prominent one was called Race with the Devil mm. from 1975. It stars Peter Fonda mm-hmm. and Warren Oates. It's this group of vacationers and they're in their RV and they're like on Colorado on vacation. And while staying at this campground in Texas, they witness this group of Satanists making this human sacrifice. The mm-hmm. Satanists notice them. Uh-huh. After that, it's just like one big chase scene. Like oh, okay. they get in their Winnebago and they're running from Satanists. Oh. So it's like Mad Max meets, you know, Rosemary's Baby or some yeah. shit. Okay. Two men on a dream vacation. What the hell are they doing? And get trapped in an unbelievable nightmare. 20th Century Fox presents Race the Devil. We saw somebody murdered. What? Some sort of ritual across the river. A girl got stabbed. They're chasing us. Peter Fonda and Warren Oates. There was nowhere they could hide. There was no one they could trust. There was nothing they could do. But run and fight and race with the devil. When you race with the devil, you'd better be faster than hell. 
70 Satanist movie. You know, yeah. you have this cult chasing people in an RV. Devil's Reign from 1975. And actually, this one is notable because Anton LaVey, like probably the most famous Satanist in history, mm-hmm. is credited as, as the film's technical advisor. Oh, really? Yeah. You know, it has things people melt, crosses turn into snakes. I think Ernest Borgnine's in it, and he transforms into like a goat. Of course <laughs> so he does. William, Sh- oh, William Shatner, John Travolta, and uh, Tom Skerritt, and I like a bunch of famous people in this movie. Really? Forgot, but, yeah. And like, I think John Travolta's eyes melt. Or I don't know. It's a fucked up, over the top movie, but yeah, mm-hmm. another cult movie that was popular. And then you got, of course, The Omen from 1976. Yeah. The famous story here of uh, the Antichrist coming to Earth mm-hmm. in the form of Damien, this, the, the evil child. And again, another mundane setting. This wealthy family adopts his child and he turns out to be the son of the devil. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, Suspiria from 1977. Did you ever see that? It was a Dario Argento movie. I own Suspiria, yeah. Do you? Mm-hmm. This is going to sound bad. I couldn't get through all of it. Yeah. I, I know love that it's a movie. classic. I, I know that it's it. like, it's just not one of my favorites. I will say, that's the one where it's like a hotel, not a hotel, but like a girl's dormitory. Yeah, yeah. It's back. basically a dance academy in Germany that's or whatever. Right, and right. it's run by a satanic coven of witches. There basically. is one scene in it where I thought it was the one of the most upsetting things I've ever seen. It's where the girl falls in into the room that's filled with barbed wire. Oh, oh my God. I forgot about that. Never gotten over that, but yeah, it's pretty <clears throat> fucked up. But anyway, again, I bring up all these movies because they're famous, they're well known, and they all deal with Satan. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, they deal with Satan disrupting what is just normal everyday life. Mm-hmm. And again, that underbelly of, of evil. And again, looking at the 70s with all this social upheaval as well, I mean, it's a good time for Satan movies. Yeah, and cults too. I mean, this is like right. the Manson thing happened in, six, in 1969. So it was like that just added a whole other layer. It wasn't just like a Satan. It was like now you got to worry about a cult, and now you got to worry that they're coming for you. Well, there's and that's true too. And considering there's a, that whole commune movement in the '70s, mm-hmm. and so it's they're not really too dissimilar. You're right. right. It's so yes, the '70s really set I think the stage for the following decade and what we know as satanic panic. And but you also got to look at another thing coming into the '80s, late '70s, early '80s. You have Jerry Falwell's Moral Majority that was founded in 1978. Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Not a uh, fan. You had an I, well, you and me both. Yeah, you had. An an era of conservatism. Ronald Reagan was coming into office. You also had this growing concern for children's welfare, which is a good thing. But I mean, that whole thing, you know, think of the children. Right. There's a lot of child law, welfare laws that were enacted in the 70s. They're getting a lot of support, a lot of funding in the 80s. There was a lot of attention paid to child sexual abuse. Yeah, sure. And the prevention of that. So that, I mean, that's a good thing. But then you had cases. And one of the famous ones from 1981 was the disappearance of Adam Walsh. Hmm. I don't know if you remember this. You said 91 or 81? 81, 81, sorry. So, yeah, it was the 1981 disappearance of a young boy named Adam Walsh. He was an American boy. He was like, I don't know, he was really young, five or something. Mm -hmm. He was abducted from a Sears department store in Hollywood, Florida, Mm -hmm. July 27, 1981. He was later found murdered and decapitated in somewhere else in Florida. But his death earned national publicity. There was even a TV movie called Adam. Mm-hmm. And it was done in like in 84. And the TV movie, they would have pictures of missing children mm-hmm. to, at the end of it. They right, call right. This. His father, John Walsh, became an activist after this happened. He also led to the creation of the Missing Children Act of 1982 and the Missing Children's Assistance Act of 1984. Okay. And he also helped launch, and he was starred in the prime show, America's Most Wanted. Oh, really? So John Walsh, the guy that hosted that for a number of years, is the father of Adam Walsh. Who I was did not know that. Yeah. How interesting. Yeah. So you had this, this whole think of the children, children's welfare, missing children in the early 80s. So the stage was already set mm-hmm. when we are entering the 80s. But a lot of people claim that the first shot over the bow of Satanic Panic was a book that was published in 1980 called Michelle Remembers. Okay. And it was written by the psychiatrist named Lawrence Pazder. He'll come into play as we go through Satanic Panic. 
And he was a psychiatrist. It's based on his patient's recollection, a woman named Michelle Smith. Okay. Which became this guy's wife after a while. We'll oh, talk, really? Yeah, it's crazy. So mm-hmm. the book is about Smith's memory of events recovered during therapy, documenting the, the many satanic rituals she believed that she was forced to attend. Okay. The pastor stated that Smith was abused by the Church of Satan, which he states is a worldwide like underground organization. Of course it is. <laughs> Like, supposedly the first ritual that Smith took place in happened in 54 when she was like five years old. And she claims a lot of ridiculous stuff. I'll talk about some of the stuff. Let's just say, supposedly in 1955, one of the occultists that she was victimized by, like, summons the devil himself. And it took the intervention of actual Jesus to stop it. And the Virgin Mary and Michael the Archangel. Wow, it's a celeb-studded event. So, yeah, so I guess there was this big battle of good versus evil that this woman claims to remember. The book is called Michelle Remembers. The authors are Michelle Smith and Lawrence Pazder, M.D., who, acting as a psychiatrist, distracted from her bizarre childhood memories of Satan, which have shocked many people. Basically, what I remembered was a 14-month period of my life at age five, where I was given to a group of people. They were adults doing things I couldn't understand and that frightened me. The first thing I remembered was a night when a group of people were gathered. They were doing dances that were not like the dances I was used to. They had the walls draped in black. They had set up candles. They placed me in a car and literally drove it over the side of a cliff with me in it. I survived that car accident. How old were you then? I was five years old. They sacrificed animals and they used fetuses of babies in their ceremonies. I was literally being frightened to death. At that moment, when I think I was dying, a very soft white light came and enveloped me, much like the feeling of being padded with cotton batten. And out of that, a woman came and stood beside me and took a hold of my hand, identified herself as Ma Mère, and basically told me to hang on. Ma Mère? Ma Mère. The Virgin Mary. That's right. So the book had a major influence in the 80s, especially dealing with cults and ritual abuse. Right, sure. But unfortunately, it was also complete bullshit. Yeah, no kidding. But how did this ridiculous fucking book get to the status that it got when it came out? So how all this came about, how this book even came to be, mm-hmm. is Michelle's husband, also her doctor, Lawrence Pazder, a credentialed psychiatrist, met Smith in 73 when she came to him for psychiatric help. And she was depressed and she couldn't figure out why. So after three years treatment, which included like hypnosis, Michelle apparently had these repressed memories of being abused by Satanists. Somehow that got brought out. Okay. Of course, she suffered from the thing that I talked about a few years later. As he's treating her, he becomes like romantically involved with her. I'm just kind of adding that for, for flavor. But even after the book came out, it became very popular. And of course, anything else that comes out like that or anything else that gets very popular, now suddenly everybody's fucking remembering right, sure, Satan yeah. molested them or whatever, and they were part of satanic ritual abuse and whatnot. One thing to note, and I'm going to bring this up, is that Pazder, the author of this book, also became a consultant during the McMartin Preschool trial, which I'll talk about in a minute. Mm-hmm. But going back to movies, so the stage was set. Here, here we had this popular book, then everybody's like, oh shit, it's, you know, shit's everywhere. Plus the history of all these satanic movies from the 70s and whatnot. On this, I was trying to remember, like I was trying to come up with personal memories of this time frame. Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm old enough to be alive during the 80s. And I remember the, some of the satanic movies from the 70s, but I don't remember that initial early 80s thing when you were fighting. it was before my it was time, before so your time i remember the remnants of it in the late 80s but i remember things more of like 
yeah, it was topics of Phil Donahue, you know, on a Phil Donahue show. And I remember there were books, you know, right. there were a lot of books. Yeah, I think Michelle remembers started this and then books came out. Yeah. And that whole like regression therapy thing got really popular and mm-hmm. famous then too. But the horror movies, like I feel like satanic movies, at least for a while, just stopped. Yeah. I think there's several reasons for that. I think one of the satanic panic things started happening, but also in Hollywood probably wanted to stay away from it. Yeah, they were probably like, don't, I, we didn't want to get sued. Yeah. But in the late 70s, you had the, the rise of the slasher film. Halloween was hugely mm-hmm. successful. Friday the 13th also was. And the 80s was the rise of the slasher movie. Right, sure. And so horror movies yeah, and just went in a different direction. Went yeah. in a different direction. Meanwhile, the satanic thing started, and this I do remember. I sort of remember this backlash against music and like board games and Dungeons and Dragons. Totally. This was the early 80s. And then one thing that I brought, and I brought this up in a different podcast, I remember the Michael Jackson Thriller music video, and that came out in 1983. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, Thriller was the biggest album ever. Yep. And that came out in what, 82? The video. Yeah, it was the mainstream album. Like, right. Yeah. So the Michael Jackson music video it was a 13 minute video it was directed by John Landis the director who did American Werewolf in London mm-hmm. amongst other movies and it paid homage to all these different horror tropes so there was a, a werewolf part there's zombies you right. know I had the famous zombie dance scene and yeah. all this other shit it was a great video it's yeah, wonderful absolutely but at the beginning of it there was this disclaimer, disclaimer. <laughs> and, and I have it here and it's like due to my strong personal convictions I wish to stress that this film in no way endorses a belief in the occult and then Michael Jackson right now he was a Jehovah's Witness at the time or practicing or whatever and I think mm-hmm. his church was pissy about the fact that he had these horror tropes in his Probably, video yeah. but there's something also about that time specifically that's beyond like it wasn't just that that whole right, occult no. thing i think he got bad i mean anything yeah. that was horror related geared at it was really controversial was yeah, yeah yeah it was very controversial and it, in the video and i have the link and i'm gonna put it on the site it still has it on there yeah that uh, that whole occult thing was starting to get underneath everything it was really everyone drew the conclusion that if there was anything that had horror or was slightly controversial it's because you're trying to influence our kids to right. be used to fucking satanic well, also that it's real you know right, right, they were right. like if michael jackson was doing like a horror thing then that meant that horror in general like that satan and the whole satanic thing was real right as opposed to just being a video so something else that happened in 1983 and is probably the most important event in regards to satanic panic was the mcmartin preschool trial right God just kept the bail very high on the six women and one man who were indicted yesterday for allegedly molesting children at a manhattan beach preschool The seven individuals, all of them at one time on the staff of the McMartin Preschool, were in court today and in police custody. The judge kept the bail high, partly on the grounds that these former teachers could be dangerous to children if released. For those of you who don't know, there was a place called McMartin Preschool that was run by the McMartin family, and this was in California. And what happened was one day this woman named Judy Johnson, she was a mother of a two-and-a-half-year-old child, called the police and said that her child had been molested in mm-hmm. this daycare right. by a guy named Ray Bucky, who was one of the employees. Um, and he was the son of the owner of the school. Despite the fact that the young boy was unable to identify him from photos or medical investigations, so no sign of sexual abuse, the mother claimed that this happened. And so the police conducted searches in Bucky's home, and they confiscated evidence, which was like a rubber ducky, like a teddy bear, and some Playboy magazines. Mm-hmm. I probably have that in my house. Right. Uh-huh. So, pff, Satanist. <laughs> and this is what started the hysteria. So after that happened, the police chief sent a letter to all the 200 McMartin preschool parents informing them that Ray Bucky was suspected of child abuse and asking them for information. The letter asked parents to question your child to see if he or she has been a witness to any crime right, or if right, he or right. she had been a victim. Uh, the letter listed possible criminal acts under investigation. Right. So they basically gave him a handbook of how to... Yeah, yeah. and I have them here. I, and yeah. I got to read this out because it's like the acts include oral sex, fondling genitals, buttock or chest.
incest area. Sodomy possibly committed under the pretense of taking the child's temperature. Ugh. Ugh. So basically just said, hey, chances are your child was molested. So, of course, what are parents going to do? You were molested, weren't you? Right. Uh, uh, sure. I mean, these are little kids. And right. they're, I mean. They don't even understand what oral sex is. Right. Like, yeah. But why would the police chief say, hey, we think this guy's suspected of something. Ask your kids about it. Right. What are you going to do as a parent? Anyway, so that that didn't help. Well, the first thing that parents were, are going to do is freak the fuck out. Well, no shit. Yeah. I mean, that I would too. I well, everybody, yeah. but that's like here they're inviting that. Yeah, giving them like a manual of how to molest a kid probably didn't help. You know. So going back to Judy Johnson, the first person that even said that her kid was being molested, her accusations were like getting more and more bizarre. Like mm-hmm. she was claiming that they were involved with Satan, that they had taken her kid to a church where the boy was made to watch a baby being beheaded and was forced to drink the blood. Mm-hmm. She insisted that Ray Bucky had sodomized her son while his head was in a toilet and, and that he'd take him to a car wash and locked him in the trunk. Mm-hmm. And that Ray pranced around in preschool with a cape and a Santa Claus costume. Just weird shit. Right. I mean, it got more and more and more bizarre. But even the police were like, this is fucking weird. But they ran with it anyway. Yeah. And so they charged them in 84, Virginia McMartin, Peggy McMartin, Bucky, Ray Bucky, and Ray's sister Peggy, and Bucky, and teachers Marianne Jackson, Betty Rader, and Babette Spittler. They were all charged with 115 counts of child abuse. Jesus. Later expanded 321 counts of child abuse involving 48 children. So two more things I just want to add to this before moving back into movies is one, as the liberations went, even prosecutors thought Judy Johnson's that she was a fucking nut. Yeah, yeah. But the snowball had already started going downhill. Mm-hmm. It was getting bigger, and they just they ran with it. The second thing is there's a woman named Key McFarlane who was a, a major player in this case. She was actually the woman that developed the anatomically correct dolls that oh, kids would sure. point at yeah, and, yeah. and say where you've been touched. But she would be a major player in this and would add fuel to this fire. So we'll come back to her, and we'll come back to this case in a bit. Okay. But with such a high-profile case going on and satanic ritual abuse being in the public consciousness, I feel like the main reason you didn't see much of these satanic cult-themed movies was because of that because it was such in real life and you know Hollywood didn't want anything to do right, with it. They were just like don't touch that. But there was a couple that stood out, a couple of things that stood out. One movie in particular stood out uh, was Children of the Corn from 1984. Sure, yeah. Children of the Corn is a supernatural horror film based on the 1977 short story by Stephen King. And it's has Linda Hamilton in it. And it's about this fictitious town in Nebraska, and all the adults are dead, and the mm-hmm. kids like have their own cult, and they worship he who is behind the rose, which is, I think, Satan in a cornfield, basically. Yeah, yeah. And then these adults wander into town, and then mayhem happens. So it's like a very satanic cult, creepy little movie. It's not a good movie, really. No, no. Um, but agree. I think it got made more so, not because someone's trying to exploit the whole cult thing and satanic cult thing, but more of, because in the early 80s, like, every Stephen King thing was being yeah, adapted. That was, that was a like, cash cow. Cujo yeah. was coming out right then, Christine, yeah. Firestarter, and then this movie. So, a lot of his properties were being made into movies in right. the early 80s. So, but this one stood out as having that one theme, mm-hmm. and it's one of the few. Yep. Shown of the Corner was the first Stephen King story I ever read. As a kid. Oh, really? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I got the short story book that it came in, Night Shift, and I was like 12 when I read it. It freaked me the fuck out. Yeah, yeah. But as I said, this theme wasn't prominent. There wasn't like a lot of satanic movies up front. I tried to look up popular movies from the 80s, and there really wasn't anything. But what I noticed, though, is that even though it wasn't hit head on, the occult and that whole cult idea was like a piece in a lot of other types of movies. Mm-hmm. The one that stood out to me the most was Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Oh, sure, yeah. Of course, it features the famous Thuggy cult who worshipped the Hindu goddess Kali, which is the goddess of destruction, among other things. So it was mm-hmm. like the evil Kali god is of Indian culture. But, of course, it had human sacrifice, had people's hearts getting yeah, ripped out of their chest. Scene. It had drinking blood of Kali and where you got brainwashed mm-hmm. into this cult. So, I mean, here's an Indiana Jones movie 
dealing with this yeah. satanic cult. They're not calling it a satanic cult, but there's this but very... they kind of are, yeah. yeah. Well, those were those were rituals. They were performing Satan-like rituals. Right. Yeah. It really mirrored that whole fear. Right. Even though like, whipping somebody's explicit. heart out is different than what we did at my Southern Baptist church. Right. You know? Oh, it is? So then they were just like... They're Satanists. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, sure. But I mean, again, it followed a lot of those. What, yeah. You know, so I feel like they were sort of exploiting that a little bit. And, sure. you know, cults became the bad guy. Right. And right. these movies, sort of like Nazis were and, and whatever. But just a year later, another one came out, another movie that dealt with that cult and its theme, which was uh, Young Sherlock Holmes from 1985. Mm-hmm. Did you ever see that? Mm-mm. It was another Spielberg-produced film. Okay. He didn't direct it, but it was sort of a what-if story. The plot is it was a what-if story, like as what if Sherlock Holmes met Watson in boarding school. Okay. And so that's the plot of the movie. Mm-hmm. Anyways, they go on, they, they meet, they become friends, and then there's these weird murders that are happening across London, so they get involved with it. Well, it leads to this ancient Egyptian cult that meets in the warehouse where they sacrifice people they drug them and then they pour boiling oil on them they sacrifice them to like some ancient egyptian gods yeah now i think that has that theme and it's very interesting but i think it was more of a ripoff of temple of doom because that was the trend then too but of course you've got the cult you know hey it worked in temple of doom let's do it here yeah sure so but again another cult-ish like underground society that's just a plot point, even though it's not outwardly saying these are evil Satanists, right, right. but it sort of has a play on that theme. Hell, even Sylvester Stallone action movies had fucking cults in them. The one I'm talking about here is Cobra from 1986, mm-hmm. a year later. You never saw Cobra? No, no. Crime is the disease and I'm the cure. No? No. Did Fuck. you make that up or was it? No, that, that was in the movie. That was the, okay. The, yeah. Okay. Because I wouldn't know the difference. I was like, okay. oh, no, I haven't seen it. So Cobra was a post-Rambo movie for Stallone. You know, it was an action cop movie. Mm-hmm. And it was part of the tough cop type of, you know, movies that came out in the 80s. And so Stallone plays this tough cop named Marion Cobretti. Cobra. His name is Marion? Marion Cobretti. It's not a very tough guy name. I know. Well, they make Marian. a joke about that. Okay, good. So that's good. good. Marion Cobretti. <laughs> it's not so bad. No? kind of tough growing up with, don't you think? Well, I like it. Do you? Yeah. Well, I always wanted to have a tougher one myself. You know, something a little harder name. Like what? Alice. In the movie, he ends up protecting the supermodel played by Brigitte Nielsen. Yeah, who he, who he married. Yeah, right? he ended yeah. up marrying. Yeah, I think they sort of started seeing each other from this movie. And he, he's protecting her from this cult-like group called the New Order. And the New Order is like this social Darwinist radical. So they're not Satanists, but they're this underground organization where these common people are like sacrificing and killing people and killing prominent people and okay. stuff like that. So there's still an underground cult-like organization that's a major plot point in this sure. movie. And it's run by this one serial killer guy who, you know, is evil. Yeah. You know, it's not outwardly saying it, but again, this underground organization mm-hmm. right below the surface yep. as a plot point for these movies, action movies. So another thing here, while this is all going on, you're getting more sensationalistic type of things that are happening in the media, too. So you've got, like, Geraldo Rivera did a special on Satanic Cults and Children was the name of the special, and that aired on the television in 83. And then, of course, there was a 2020 segment on the Devil Worshippers, and that aired in 1985, and I have mm-hmm. clips of both of those that I'm going to put on the website. Yep. But also, while that's going on, also in 1985, you have the founder of the PMRC, the Parents Musical Resource Center. Right. Tipper Gore, yeah.
Founded by four women, the most prominent was Tipper Gore, of course, wife of Senator Al Gore, Senator slash Vice President Al Gore. Mm-hmm. And the PMRC was an American committee formed in which the stated goal was increasing parental control over the access by children of music that have violent, drug-related sexual themes and things like that. And they're the ones that originated the parental guidance, explicit lyric stickers that you may see on your favorite album. Right. It's voluntary. It was voluntary, yeah, yeah but they, they're the ones who pushed that. So in August of 1985, just want to talk about the record companies agreed to put these labels on their albums. Then in September, just a month after that, there was a congressional hearing that had Frank Zappa, Dee Snyder from Twisted Sister, and John, John Denver, Denver yeah. yeah, that were testifying in front of that. And of course, they were talking about censorship and shit like that. Yeah. I'm here to address the issue of a possible rating system in the recording industry. Labeling records where excesses of explicit sex or graphic violence have occurred, and furthermore, references to drugs and alcohol or the occult are included in the lyrics. These hearings have been called to determine whether or not the government should intervene to enforce this practice. Mr. Chairman, this would approach censorship. May I be very clear that I am strongly opposed to censorship of any kind in our society or anywhere else in the world. I've had in my experience two encounters with a sort of censorship. Uh, My song, Rocky Mountain High, was banned from many radio stations as a drug-related song. Obviously a clear case of misinterpretation. Mr. Chairman, what assurance have I that any national panel to review my music would make any better judgment? So, very interesting. Now, the reason I bring up the hearings, just to show how ridiculous this was, but also, during these hearings, there was a testimony by a guy named Joe Stussy. He was talking about subliminal messages in music. Mm-hmm, sure, I remember all of this. And then he was saying sometimes sub-audible tracks might be in music that appeal to the subconscious. Mm-hmm. Sometimes these messages are audible, but backward, called mm-hmm. backmasking. Of course. Yeah, of, of course, course they are. Of course, there's a disagreement among experts regarding if the effectiveness of subliminal messages anyway. But, you know, again, it was like, oh, well, now these evil messages are in music. If you play it backward, Satan's going to tell you to kill somebody right. or, or whatever by by coke or something. And of course, religious groups jumped all yeah, over that. Yeah, they love. I remember shit. seeing. If you listen to Led Zeppelin backwards, it'd say something. It's like he said, "Join Satan." In fact, right here, let's look at Stairway from another angle. Let's look at it from the angle in which Satanists are looking at it and see what they're actually finding. I'm not talking really about backwards masking. I'm talking really about backwards messages. And we're not only talking about that, we're talking about a song that wasn't engineered to be heard backwards, but came right from the spirit world automatically. Because it's the demonic spirits using these human beings. Do you understand that? Well, Stairway to Heaven is the most popular song in rock and roll. So let's listen to it. Remember, first of all, that they were invoking Satan, that they've got it from Satan. And listen to what you hear backwards. Listen carefully. Raise your hand if you heard anything right away. Okay, that was without me even telling you anything. I've seen a lot of hands go up. Forward. Your stairway lies on the whispering wind. Forward it says, and your stairway lies on the whispering wind. Backwards it says, because I live with Satan. Quite clear, quite obvious. Did I ever tell you the story that I mentioned that we were Southern Baptists and we used to go to like, you know, revival typey things. We, we weren't like crazy religious. You were quite the revival. Or, I can see you doing oh, that. God, boy, I love Jesus. But well, I remember going to like Christian camp or whatever. <laughs> and like we were in the car and, you know, it was with somebody else's parent and a bunch of kids. Like that was the chaperone. And they were yeah. like, all right, kids, <laughs> like li- now listen to this very important cassette tape. And it was like an acted out like conservative Christian like radio program it was scripted so it would be like and it wasn't even like and little billy shouldn't play dungeons and dragons it was like oh no i don't know if 
I should play Dungeons and Dragons because I don't know if the Lord would like it. It'll be fun. You should play it with me. Okay. And then like Satan shows up and like <laughs> takes over the whole thing. But it was like... A, I wish you still had that tape. Yeah. I mean, it was like... And I remember, I mean, I was probably like 11 and I was like, this is weird. Like, this doesn't sound right at all. Like, we went from zero to a hundred real quick here. Like, it was like, right. I'm normal Billy. And then he was like, I want to drink your blood and like, you know, fuck a goat. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa okay. But I even remember at that time being like, I'm 11 and this sounds like we've all yeah, it's, gone it's a, little, a little crazy. Yeah. yeah, it definitely is so fucking ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, Satan always showed up and fucked up everybody's day and like yeah, drug them to hell and they, they shouldn't have, you know, don't have premarital sex and listen to rock music backwards. Yeah. But that whole thing, the, the rock music backwards thing, just always tripped me the fuck out. But anyway, I bring that up also because there was, and I don't know why there weren't more of these, but there was a horror movie from 1986 that touched on the very topic. Mm-hmm. And it was called Trick or Treat. Not to be confused with the, ni- the this latest one, right. or, uh, 2009, whatever. Um, but Trick or Treat from 1986 is about this nerdy teenager with a mullet, of course, mm-hmm. Eddie. So he was played by the guy that played Skippy from Family Ties. Yeah, Skippy. Yeah. The plot is his favorite heavy metal singer, Sammy Kerr, dies in a fire. He's crushed, he's hurt, but he gets this unreleased record of Sammy's from his DJ friend, who's played by Gene Simmons of Kiss fame. Oh. And Eddie plays the record backwards, Mm -hmm. which ends up releasing the evil spirit of the dead rock star. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is great, yeah. Like and so then the movie also has a cameo from Ozzy Osbourne as a televangelist who's like railing against rock music in a like love a new show. I mean, he's great. So it's not a good movie, but I love the plot. I don't know why more movies didn't have like yeah. record played backwards thing. You could do that now. I yeah. think they should make remake it. Uh huh. Okay. Because with all the hipsters and vinyl, yeah, you know they can find a satanic record, sure. and I think it's perfect. So I had to bring that up in 86 because there's, again, not a lot of evil, you know, especially something that joked about that kind of shit. But in 87, Satan makes a comeback in a big way mm-hmm. in movies. And I'm very happy about that. So I'm going to talk about a couple of them that, you know, bring back evil uh, to a good extent. Hellraiser. Hellraiser. Even though not yeah. necessarily Satan, but they were like demons from another dimension and hell. hell and Razor. from hell. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Evil Dead 2 mm-hmm. dealt with the Book of the Dead and all this evil. Uh, John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness, which dealt with Liquid Satan, is yep. what I call it, where uh-huh. they were bringing That's right, the Liquid Christ. Satan. Yep. Uh-huh. There was a TV movie called Bay Coven, which was uh, about these like people move to the small town, and it's run by witches, uh-huh. and they do sacrifice. Uh-huh. Yeah, sounds familiar. Angel Heart, which is a... Oh, shit. Mickey Rourke. Mickey and Rourke. We're going to talk about that. Yeah. And then The Believers, which was starring Martin Sheen. Mm-hmm. Those came out in 87. We're going to talk about both of those. All right, so I'm going to start with Angel Heart. Yeah. Now, I'd watched it again. I've seen it. I, yeah. seen it. I hadn't seen it in a long time. But Angel Heart stars Robert De Niro, Mickey Rourke, back mm-hmm. when he was pretty, yep. and Lisa Bonet from The Cosby Show mm-hmm. fame. Very she was controversial. In, well, yeah, because she was still in that show when this movie came out. Yeah. Anyway, it takes place in New Orleans in the 50s, and it's about this guy named Harry Angel, played by Rourke, and he's this New York private investigator who gets hired by Robert De Niro to find a guy named Johnny Favorite who goes missing in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Angel's investigation takes him to the heart of New Orleans where he becomes embroiled in a series of these brutal murders. Along the way, he discovers some pretty sinister secrets that have a lot of satanic elements to them. Okay. I don't want to spoil this movie, but it does a good job using New Orleans and that whole atmosphere is just kind of twisted. And, I remember, and yeah. It's a creepy movie and it holds up really well. I really like it. The movie also has these elements of voodoo and sacrifices as being part of everyday life and mm-hmm. stuff in New Orleans. And so it plays up, the, the again, the, the satanic theme here and yeah, all, like around, the all around us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's a good movie. Fun fact on that, too. The MPA originally gave Angel Heart an X rating. Yeah. For that blood, sex, boob yeah, scene. Right? Yeah. yeah. The blood, sex, boob scene. Mm-hmm. It was a very intense sex scene. And 
they end up removing about 10 seconds of the scene to get an R rating. Mm-hmm. You have any comments on that? Because I feel like you want to say something about Angel Heart. No, not really. I mean, I was going to make a Bill Cosby joke, and then it was so multi-layered that it just kind of fell apart. Fair um, enough, yeah. But I would do. I mean, I remember seeing that movie, and it was Bill Cosby. Didn't he like eject Lisa Bonet she from was, the show? She was pretty much fired from the show. He was so mad about it. I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why it got this different world spinoff, and you know, whatever. But then she was out of that show too. Yeah, so she that show. He too. really did not like that. Now, meanwhile, I know <laughs> she was just in a movie. Yeah, it was a movie, and why would you? begrudge her trying to expand her range beyond just like Especially, sitcoms. first off, you're not her real dad. And second off, you're doing a lot worse things right, in yeah. real life. She was in a boob movie. Right. Like, like to stop raping people. I mean, there was a scene where she was dumping chicken blood on her from a chicken sacrifice. But you know, I mean, so what? I thought that was fine. That was fine. I agree that's fine. I'm not saying she should have been kicked off. The, she should have yeah. been kicked off the fucking no. Cosby show of I all agree. places yeah. for being in a boob movie fucking Mickey Rourke with blood and chickens. Yeah, I feel like it's fine. Yeah, I think yeah. it's fine. All right. I, I watched it again. It's a good movie. You like it? Well, maybe, I think I've only seen a, it once, and I all I remember was the was the bloody sex scene. Yeah, it's a very dark movie overall. Everybody yeah. does a good, solid job in it. Good yeah. movie. Again, it's nice to see a nice, evil, satanic movie that's not afraid of you know the moral majority. Yeah. The next one is called The Believers, mm-hmm. and that came out in 87. That stars Martin Sheen. And the plot of that one is that after the death of his wife, the police psychiatrist moves to New York, and there he has to help in this investigation of a murder of two young kids who seem to have been killed during a cult ritual. Okay. He soon kind of gets involved with the cult that is doing that, and then eventually they're trying to get him to, to kill his own son in a sacrifice, okay, and then sure. he goes against or whatever. I want to point out that the religion that they're practicing is some brutal form of Santeria, so it's actually not like Satan, Satan, mm-hmm. as the Judeo-Christian satanic cult but they do human sacrifices you know they do a lot of blood rituals and stuff like that so it's a cult movie that they just changed it to santeria made it like a brutal form of santeria sure. is santeria the where you wear all white and eat on the floor i don't i don't know okay. santeria is a like an afro-caribbean religion i think i'm right about yeah this. you might be right but the film wasn't actually meant to condemn santeria but it was actually more of a statement against upper class new york city mm-hmm. because all the cultists turn out to be like upper crust society people right and so the whole point of that being is that this social class this higher social class were willing to literally sacrifice sacrificed their children in exchange for fame, wealth, and power. Okay, that that, kind of makes sense. Yeah, so their success in upward mobility is based on not like being good at business or investments, but Mm -hmm. because they sacrificed their children in a century cult. Right, like deals deals with the devil. Like they're willing to yeah sell their souls to be successful. Sure. So it's like a play on that. But again, it's it's as close as you get to a like satanic cult type of theme Mm -hmm. in the '80s. So I found that kind of interesting. Yeah. All right. So moving on to '88. First of all, I want to say the Hall. Geraldo Rivera is a piece of shit. I met him. Really? Yeah. Did you did you like him? Um, Fuck it was that guy. Right after he had just started to become a Fox News reporter, and I was working at this shitty jewelry store, and he came. It was actually a decent jewelry store. It was just a shitty job, and he came in, and I met him. But yeah, I mean, he's garbage. So in '88, he did a TV special called "Devil Worship: Exploring Satan's Underground," <laughs> and that aired on TV. And he stated, he was like, estimates are that there are over uh, one million Satanists in this country. That is... The majority of them are linked to highly organized, very secretive networks. 
Like someone should take him to court over that well, and be like, we'll talk you about the fallout from all of this. Do that. That stop saying those things. Right, but he fucking said them, and yeah. he's like, from small towns to large cities, and they have attracted the attention of the FBI because no, of their sexual didn't. abuse to children mm, and child pornography and grisly yeah. satanic murders. Of course, critics countered that it was probably less than ten thousand worldwide, you know, of any type of satanic church, and there's been no evidence of that. But of course, it didn't stop Rivera from exploiting that, right, that fear and, and sensationalizing it to. The the best of his ability. Another thing that was happening, just to kind of give you some flavor, the Lost Child Network was established in Kansas City at that time to investigate satanic cult activity. So they actually had a, an organization. In 89, Oprah Winfrey hosts a show on child sacrifice that's featuring the satanic cult abuse. Well, people then, forget that Oprah used to be like trash TV. Yeah, I know. They, like, I she know. evolved the show, but right. like she was originally like kind of like the same as all of them. Yeah, I mean, yeah. before she became Housewife Jesus, yeah, she did do a lot of yeah. trash TV. My next guest was used also in worshiping the devil, participated in human sacrifice rituals, rituals and cannibalism. She says her family has been involved in rituals for generations. Um, yes, my family has an extensive family tree. This is, does everyone else think it's a nice Jewish family? From the outside, you appear to be a nice Jewish girl. Definitely. And you all are worshiping the devil inside the home? Right. There's other Jewish families across the country, not just my own family. Really? And then Sally Jesse Raphael, if you remember oh, her, she God. also did a satanic cult. Okay, today is Halloween, and that is the holy day for modern-day witches and Satanists. You know, whenever you hear about witches or Satanists these days, the memory flashes back to those old horror movies when Hollywood filled the screens with evil characters who wore black capes, false fangs, and carried out magic spells against innocent victims. It was often so camp that a lot of people today just dismiss the stories about modern-day Satanists and witches as harmless fantasy. But, in fact, it is reported that satanic murders are on the rise. Just last April, in Mexico, police were horrified to discover an iron cauldron containing dried blood, a roasted turtle, and a human brain. Okay, so at this time also in the late 80s, I'm going to go back to the McMartin case to, to catch up with that. So by 87, it had gone to trial. And of course, I mentioned Key McFarlane, uh, who was a major player with the anatomically correct doll. Mm-hmm. And she would use that to get children to talk about where they've been touched and all other sure. fucked up shit. She described herself as a psychotherapist, but one, she never had any professional license. Oh, great. Yeah, that's good. So she's also controversial in the fact that she interviewed 400 children in this case, the McMartin case, and just about all of them admitted to sexual abuse and satanic cult occurrences. So they all admitted to something, 400 children. Right. Well, it turns out it's because she was leading them all. Like yeah, it, it was finally concluded think? that she was leading these children to come up with the answers that they, they wanted. And she was the key witness in their trial. So they pretty much, she was make or break. After a while, the judge, once all this was said and done, basically said, Judge Pounders... That's funny. Um, <laughs> Pounders. Yeah. His quote is, in my view, her credibility is becoming more of an issue as she testifies. So as she was testifying, they were like, you're fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah. Before I tell you how this whole thing ends, there's another piece of satanic panic that's just so fucking insane that we have to talk about it. We just have to talk about it. So also during this time when all this is going on, there was a children's book that came out with the purpose to help children speak up about satanic ritual abuse. Okay. And it is called Don't Make Me Go Back, Mommy. It was published in 1990, and it's sort of the kid's version of Michelle Remembers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was written by author Doris Sanford, and the book is fucking creepy. Now, it's on your computer. I told you I wanted you to look at it mm-hmm. when we get to this part. So I want you to, to take a look at it and tell me what you think of this sure. thing. Sure. I'm looking now. All right. So Slate's looking at it right now. You looking at it? Oh, my God. <laughs> what the fuck, man? 
Oh, listen. Mommy said, were you a good girl? Did you do everything they told you to do? And Allison, speaking softly, said, I was good. My teacher is nice, but I don't like the juice at school. They call it magic juice, but it tastes funny. So what Slate's describing is this book. It's got these pictures, these little children. It looks like a watercolor type of any other normal kid's book. But he's reading the words on the page that correspond with the pictures. And it's just the creepiest fucking thing on on there. It's like a little child playing dead. It's written very odd. And supposedly it's written in the code that these children would understand that are being abused so they can communicate that they're being abused. But it's just, this book would traumatize you. If you weren't traumatized before, you read this book and it's going to fuck up your whole life. Yeah, that's the thing about it. It. Oh, jeez. I'm, st- I'm sorry. I'm still, He's still reading, reading it. it. I know. We're sort of, yeah. I can't wait to read this tonight before I go to bed. Uh, listen, again, I don't have kids and, and I don't know anything about them. But I do know that, that kids will just be like, could be like, hi, how are you? And they'll be like, I'm fine. I rode a turkey to school and the turkey puked. And then I got on the bus and then the bus flew. And that, you know, I mean, they just, they say things and you're just like, oh, that's cool. That kid has a really active imagination or whatever. Kids just say weird things and you can tell them something. And they'll be like, oh, okay, I believe you. You know what I mean? Right. Like they'll say fucking anything. And so if you show them a book like this, you're going to fucking rot their brain. Yeah. And you can make them say anything. Yeah. You can lead a kid to say any fucking thing. Right. So anything else to say about that awful book? No. We're going to put it on the website. You can read what pages that I could find from it. I've been looking for this book everywhere because I'm giving it to you for Christmas. It's fucking terrible. Yeah. I'll Um, try the magic juice, though. Yeah. yeah, I'll definitely try the... Yeah. I'm sure it's fine. Yeah. I'm of age now. Yeah. Magic (laughs) Magic juice is fine. It's perfectly fine. You can drink it in school. So going back to... The McMartin trial, because it had spanned the whole, basically the whole decade yeah. of the 80s, ultimately all charges were dropped. Eventually, they huh. were all dropped. The McMartins were allowed to teach again. Yeah. Uh, but by so then, 10 I mean, years, and they were just like, yeah, you yeah. know what? This actually didn't happen. This trial turned out to be, at least at the time, and I think it still holds that record, it's the most expensive trial that ever went to court like with no convictions. Yeah. Absolutely no convictions whatsoever. It was just, it was ridiculous. Right. They were just like, we just wasted 10 years. Right. They wasted their time. It was all part of the satanic panic bullshit and absolutely nothing came of it. In Los Angeles today, defense attorneys began their closing arguments in a child molestation case that's attracted national attention during a sordid marathon trial. Charges against five co-defendants have been dropped because of insufficient evidence, leaving a mother and her son, both former preschool teachers, as defendants. California's McMartin preschool scandal, it began as the most notorious child abuse case in American history, with charges that hundreds of youngsters had been sexually molested at the now defunct nursery. 31 months and 13 million taxpayer dollars later, it's become the nation's longest, most expensive criminal trial ever. And fair or not, a symbol of every parent's worst fear. But unfortunately, the damage was done. I mean, the McMartin School was under, but also all these other daycare centers that had any relationship with them. Yeah. Also, they went under, it ruined their business as well. And this panic went elsewhere, too. Probably one of the most well-known examples of the fallout of this whole satanic thing was the West Memphis Three. Mm-hmm. Do you remember those guys? Mm-mm. They were charged with murder in uh, Tennessee. There's actually three documentaries called Paradise Lost, and they're about that case. These, mm-hmm. these three teenagers who were convicted oh, of murdering children. This. I'm yeah. not going to talk about it much here because yeah. you can just watch those documentaries. I could do it much better than me. But of course, when they were convicting these boys, they were saying they were into rock music and yeah. they were into Satan and they like and satanic they got them to stuff. confess, didn't they? I think they got them to confess yeah. to some Even degree. Even though they didn't do anything. You know, that was how the picture that was painted about them was that they were into the satanic rock music sure. and they were into satanic cults. 
stuff and sacrifice. And so that was part of what, you know, the picture that was painted to get these guys convicted. Sure. So, I mean, that's all part of the fallout from satanic panic. One thing to note, too, in the 90s, just to talk about this, so we're like in the late 80s, early 90s, is that in 95, Geraldo Rivera, fucking asshole, uh, issued an apology for his previous work on this whole satanic panic thing. He said, I want to announce publicly that as a firm believer, I believe the children movement of the 80s that started with the McMartin trials in California, I am convinced that I was terribly wrong and many innocent people were convicted and and went to prison as a result. Well, that was nice. So at least he's fucking said something. I mean, I don't know. Hopefully someone sued him over it. So... It's just sort of died out, mm-hmm. like, which is good. I yeah. mean, the satanic panic thing was huge and affected everything, and then it's just sort of died out. And of course, like I said, the movies don't really touch on it very much. But let's talk about being in a post-satanic panic world. Because in the 90s, there really wasn't much to deal with satanic. I think the only thing that dealt with Satan were millennial fears, such as like the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, where it's like, what is it, end of days? Mm-hmm. You know, everyone's like, Satan's going to come back and end the world in the year 2000. That right, would right. seem to be the 90s fear. But there was one thing that popped up that was based on the satanic panic thing, and that was an X-Files episode. Mm-hmm. Do you remember this episode? Mm. It was in 95. Mm -hmm. And it was an episode where Mulder and Scully are sent to New Hampshire town to investigate the death of a teenager who seems to have died during an occult ritual of some sort. I do remember this one, yeah. As a result of their arrival in town, a few of the local high school's faculty who had self-stylized as devil worshippers when their teens said that they stopped worshipping the devil or whatever. And they try to take steps to cover that up. But it's still going on. And I guess even the devil kind of shows up in there. Mm -hmm. Do you remember this episode now? Okay, so anyway, there's a scene in there and this teenage girl describes what happened to her at the hands of the town Satanists. I guess her stepfather or father was one of them. So it was very satanic panic. Yeah, right. It's the only thing in the 90s that really stood out Mm -hmm. as anything in media that dealt with the satanic panic topic. There's this X-Files episode. Mm -hmm. Somehow, I don't know, I managed to block out all these things, but lately it's all been... I'm remembering, you know? The others, too. Others? Yeah. Men and women. They would, um come to the house, you know, when my mom was away. And they would take me down to the basement. It was really dark. It was like painted red with a dirt floor. They would wear these robes, black and red, and they would sing and they would chant. And then they would tie me and my sister up. These men and women, they would make us do things. They called me a breeder. They would get me pregnant and then they would kill the babies. I've had three children. And they're all buried in the cellar. But there is a couple of things recently that deal with that. Not a lot. I mean, the whole like I said, that satanic panic top is dead and buried, so mm-hmm. to speak. But there's been a couple of notable exceptions in the in the later aughts and more recent times, like the movie House of the Devil from 2009. Yeah, it's a great movie. And it takes place in the 80s, and it's about this guy and this woman. They one of them's played by Mary Warrenoff. Mm-hmm. Which I love Mary Warner. Yeah, yeah. And Tom Noonan. They hired this girl to like be their house sitter. Yeah. And then there's the satanic overtones and cult, some cult like yeah, stuff. It's very it's done and, like an eighties movie. Right. Um it's really, really well done. There's a movie called We Are Still Here that just came out last year. Mm-hmm. And in the plot of that, after a tragedy, a couple moves to a town in New England to start over, but they soon learn that there's like this evil secret mm-hmm. and that requires human sacrifice. I think their house is possessed or some shit. Mm-hmm. There's a movie called Regression that just came out last year too, and the film takes place in Minnesota in nineteen. 
1990, and it had Ethan Hawke in it, and I think Emma Watson's in it as well. It's about like this guy who admits to sexually abusing his 17-year-old daughter, even though he doesn't remember it. Mm-hmm. And they use regressive techniques, similar to the ones used in the Satanic Panic era from Key, What's Her Nuts, to pull these memories out. And then as they do, the detectives start thinking that a satanic cult might be involved. I heard mm-hmm. it sucked. I heard it was a terrible movie, but yep. it's definitely the probably the most satanic, panicky themed movie of any of these. And then The Witch from 2016. Yeah, yeah, I didn't see that one. And I know it deals, of course, with witchcraft and things like that and black magic and whatnot. But I mean, how I don't think it's, yeah. it's very Satan. It, it definitely has, yeah, elements of, of Satanism. Yeah. yeah. It's a, actually a really good movie. It's not a horror movie. Yeah, I heard that. Um, I've been wanting to see it. Very, very good. It's a, it's a, I would call it more of a period piece. Yeah, I've um, heard that. But it's, it's terrific. So closing this thing out, you know, to bring this all together, one thing I want to point out, especially with these latest movies, is that all of them are period pieces. Mm-hmm. These four I just talked about with The Witch, Regression, We Are Still Here, House of the Devil, is that they all take place 70s or 80s time frame. Right. So it's like even these movies can't seem to bring the satanic Satanism is panic. not a thing. Right. Like, it's just not a thing. It's yeah. not a thing we talk about. It's not a thing we worry about. Like, it's not a it's, thing. The children yeah. are not being chased by Satan right. as of right now. So yeah. There's no, like, blood baby sacrifices. Like, no one's doing that. No. Initially, I blamed this whole thing on the 70s. Yeah, sure. That it's the 70s fault. And to some degree, I still believe that. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, they didn't cause the satanic panic craze of the 80s. But again, all of those movies from Rosemary's Baby to The Omen to The Exorcist, those are what were in people's imaginations yeah, when they sure. were thinking about their kids being molested and or possessed by Satan. Right, right. Those were definitely what everybody thought of when they were worried about if Satan's taking over my children mm-hmm. or if rock music's going to corrupt the youth of today. And I love those movies. Yeah, me too. But I mean, that's something that I think everybody had on their mind when they were so worried about it. So <laughs> not the 70s fault, but... The 70s but played it kind a part. Of was, yeah. yeah. It's interesting, too. So the 80s movies, as I said, definitely didn't want to confront that head on. Right. And with all the drama that was going on in real life and in the media, nobody in Hollywood was like, you know what? Let's have make a satanic movie yeah, well, with nobody was children like, in a cult. You know what I really want is for Tipper Gore to be on my ass right now. Right. Like, exactly. That sounds like a lot of fun. Well, no shit. You know, yeah. so they didn't want to do that. But they still thought, well, this is an interesting premise. You know, they were like, hey, we could still use that fear in our movies. And so, I mean, there you go. You got Indiana Jones yeah, we can still exploit the that right. fear. Yeah. Since then, there really hasn't been any type of satanic cult type yeah, of movie that it's was kind worthwhile. of just like a moment frozen in time, kind of. Yeah, I think so. So really, it, and that whole mania just could only really happen then. Yeah. And now it's just all been forgotten. Right. Yeah. Now it's just like, oh, our bad. We were kind of fucking stupid yeah, back then. Yeah, it seems like it kind of was just like a little bit of a blip, yeah. you know, in film history. That's interesting. I remember seeing all this shit. Me too. I remember too. seeing... I remember the tail end of it. And I definitely remember that, yeah, like kids and sacrifices and kids getting into all of this like Satan worship. I kept being like, what? Yeah, like, like who? Yeah. How does that sound appealing in any way? You know what I mean? Right. Like, I, if all you do is sacrifice babies, why does everybody, why are there a million people that want to do this? You know right. what I mean? And I always remember just being like, something sounds wrong here. And as someone who liked all the things that they said Satanists liked, I was like, I don't get it. Because I like Slayer. Yeah. I yeah. like Heavy Metal. I like Dungeon and Dragons, which had nothing remotely Satanic. I don't know what any of that was about. Yeah, no, that was crazy. And, but I, th- I think it's just something that parents, and granted, you're worried about your kids and children missing and that was a big thing too i mean you got amber alerts and stuff like now hell parents right. can't even let their kids walk to the fucking park right now. sure totally yeah. but it's not yeah, it was satan, a different time but right. it's not because satan's gonna fuck them right or yeah. eat them mm-hmm. or whatever it's just 
because some creepy uncle is going to do it. It's just such an odd time. Yeah. And being alive in that time, it didn't make sense to me then. And research this topic, it still didn't make any fucking sense to me now. Right. But yeah. It's just like one of those things that it was just like as a society, like that's something that popped out. And then they were like, oops, no, never mind. Let's all yeah. forget it and not talk about it now. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's Satanic Panic. So next time you watch Temple of Doom, it's about Satan. Yeah. Deep down. All right, anything else? I think I'm good. All right. It was well, good. It was super interesting. Oh, good. I'm yeah. glad you enjoyed it. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get the hell out of here and go to church. Okay. Thanks for listening to Slums of Film History. You can find us on the web at slumsoffilmhistory.com where you can view links to some of the movies we talk about today along with pictures, videos, and additional resources, as well as Bad Movie Monday, our recommendation for the worst of the worst films every Monday night. If you want to keep up with us, we're on Facebook and Twitter, where we share out a lot of additional content. And as always, please fact check us and let us know if we left anything out. We're not professionals, just two friends that love gross movies. And these are people, folks, that we see every day, and you never realized, ew, behind closed doors, He's a worshipping Satan freak. He's, he's eating poop and having sex with animals and demons. And they all have herpes, folks. Almost all of them have herpes. It's a given when you're a Satanist.